So, you know, I love near-death experience stories. So um, there's this one I like from last week that I saw. Um, you can go on YouTube and actually see and listen to the guy. His name is Brian Holand. Yeah, Brian Holand. Um, and he was this uh, military policeman who, uh, when he was in the military, got exposed to these chemicals that um, uh, caused him to have an autoimmune disease. But after that, he becomes a psychologist, but he's a psychologist, but uh, with years of the autoimmune disease, um, it affected his heart. So he's having heart problems and he has to go in for a surgery, but he's in the hospital and he code blues and everything goes off. On, um, he does start to pray, but he said he just popped out of his body. His soul just popped out. And then, you know, he goes to this darkness and he says, it's not like the darkness is scaring, staring at the sky. He said, because that has stars and light in it. He says, this is just pure darkness. But um, he said he felt this love coming from behind him. And this sounds strange. He says, with the soul, he says, like, you can't focus in an area. But he said, your soul, it actually has like 360 degree vision. But you just focus on what's in front of you. And he said, um, he said he could feel all this love coming behind him. So... He turns around, whatever that means, and he says there's this bright, endless light. He says the light just goes on for eternity. And he said uh, in front of this light, he said he felt such incredible love. Um, he said he'd never felt such warmth and love in his life. It was a perfect love, more than anything he's ever felt for a wife or for a child. And um, he said and I, like this, he said... Uh, do you, do you guys remember the movie Shawshank Redemption? Okay, so to get to freedom, the guy has to go through like 100 yards in the sewer. And Brian said, you know, I would have never done that. You know, in prison, you get three meals a day, you get cable TV, you get your own cot, you can work out. He says, I would not do that. I'd be fine just sticking in prison. Um, he said, but after he felt that love, he said, honestly, I would go, uh, I forget what he said, like a hundred miles through sewer just to feel that much love again. And he said, he was like this straw, and I really like this theologically. He says, he says, I was like a straw because all this love and life, it was just pouring through me and then back out. Um, he says, I was like a straw. And the reason why I like that theologically is that in Hebrew, the word for soul your, is nephesh, which means throat. That your soul is actually uh, like a throat. It's hollow. And that's its usefulness. And the Spirit of God flows through that. Or uh, many mystics, Carol Hauslander said, the soul is like a flute that has the Spirit of God running through it. So eternal life is not something you own. It's something that flows through you. And he said, all this love and life is throwing, flowing through me from the light. Um, and none of it gets wasted. For eternity, God is this love and light that just flows through us. And the light says, come on in, invites him in. So he goes in and he says, it's like this huge room. And it's this huge sea, sparkling sea of all these creatures. And they're all luminous except 
there's one light that's the source of it all, very bright, uh, and that's Christ. And so in front of Christ, he says, let me see your face. And he said, um, the light comes together and he sees Christ's face and he has the review of life, which so many have, except like them all, uh, his whole life unfolds. But he says, it's not like watching a film. You get a feel all the pain or love uh, that you caused other people. And he said, you know, he wasn't perfect in his life, but he said, the sins that I, I thought were really bad, uh, so those aren't the ones that hurt Christ the most. The sins that hurt Christ the most is how I treated other people. So you get to feel the pain you caused other people and you get to feel the love you caused other people. And the shocking part is Christ feels it all. Um, so uh, anyhow, he gets sent back, but he said Christ taught him three things when he was uh, in front of Christ. That is kind of this judgment of his life. One, Christ said for him to pray more. And he said, I always already pray a rosary a day. And Christ's response was, yeah, but you never put it into action. So pray more. Secondly, he said, um, he said and suffer joyfully. And I like this because Lent is coming up. He said, suffer joyfully. He says, yeah, you're going to continue to have heart problems. But he said, your entire time you've been suffering, all you've been doing is being bitter and complaining about it. And you will have suffering in your life. But if you suffer joyfully, you become a blessing for those around you. If all you do is in your suffering complain and um, be bitter, you're a curse to the people in your life. So he says, ah, okay, I'm going to have a heart problem forever. So I strives to be joyful in his suffering. And the last one, um, uh, Christ said, share my love with everyone. And so after he wakes, um, it's kind of funny, he's dedicated to sharing his life. And um, he says he just popped back into his body. And um, he had, of course, the team is there and uh, he had a mask on. He says, with all my strength, I asked the doctor, did I just die? And the doctor said, yes. So after this, uh, I just love that story. Um, I'm not done with it yet, but he said, I decided I'm going to share all that love that I'd be willing to do anything to return to. I'm going to share that love with everybody. And I like that because um, you know the thing about the straw that it flows through us? If you listen to the Eucharistic prayer, we feast on the body and blood of Christ, but then it says that we want to offer it back. Where do how do we offer back to God the body and blood of Christ? By loving other people, um, by loving absolutely everybody. So in today's gospel, Sermon on the Mount, Christ commands us to be like God. God shines on everybody. Doesn't matter who they are, good or bad, even the Canadians. Um, I, I should have picked on the Minnesotans. Um, God shines on everybody. Doesn't matter who they are. Show your love to everybody. The rain falls on the good and bad. Just love everybody. Now that's really tough, right? Uh, sounds great, but it's really tough. What do you do to the people who are cruel and mean and vicious? Um, that's a really tough one. What do you do to your enemies? You have to love your enemies? 
And Christ's response after that is so good because he says, gives three examples. And he says, turn, actually what he says is, turn your left cheek. Well, what the heck does that mean? So I want to offer you three ways to interpret that. Only one is right. One, and this really irritates me because you see it in movies and all the time when they say, oh, well, turn the other cheek. And people wrongly interpreted that means hit me again. And this time put some steak sauce on it. Um, yeah, like what love is, is to be a doormat to other people. That is the wrong interpretation. All that does is keep recycling the violence. If our love is supposed to be so powerful, it should stop the violence of the world, not give it permission. So when the movie says, oh, turn the other cheek, that does not mean, uh, oh, just let the person get away with it. That is not love. And so the other extreme is thinking, okay, you insult me in some way and the gun show is gonna come out. You know, I'm gonna show you thunder. Um, and so like they did the study, yeah, men can turn violent, but you know what women do for their revenge? Gossip. <laughs> and so, the, the problem is, is that um, revenge doesn't work. You know, all revenge does is, once again, keep the hate flowing. And once you choose revenge, you have to keep upping and upping and upping. You just don't gossip once. You continue to nail that person. Um, so, really, violence begets violence. Anger just begets more anger. Vi uh, revenge, more, you know, racism just encourages more racism. Bitterness just encourages more bitterness. Our love is supposed to stop the cycle of violence or revenge, not continue it. So yeah, that would be the absolute wrong response. And there's a third way that Jesus mentions. And so he gives three examples and he says, now turn your left cheek. Offer them your left cheek is actually what the Greek says. So I want to physically demonstrate what this means, so I need a volunteer, and so, Owen, come here, get out here, hippity hop, because um, I want to pick somebody who's my height, um, so I'm a little tall, stand here, so let's face me, so what you have to understand, in that culture, and this is key, the worst insult you can do is to slap somebody with your right hand to their right cheek, in fact, in the Talmud, it says, like, if I was to punch him, he would have the right equal to punch me back. But to slap somebody on your right cheek is such an insult. It's twice that of a punch. Because it says, you're a piece of trash to me. So, um, so what Jesus says, if somebody is going to slap you on your right cheek, turn, good job, turn and offer him your left. So if he turns, I can't... I. I can't hit his left cheek. I have to hit his right cheek. So that means I have to come around here. And if I come around here and he keeps offering me, yeah, you get the point. If he keeps offering me his left cheek, good job, great job. If he keeps offering me his, um, if he keeps offering me his left cheek, eventually I'm going to have to slap it or hit him. The moment I don't hit him on his right cheek with my right, that, even though I punch him, it does say he and I are, I am, he is my equal. So when he says, 
Jesus says, turn her off on your left, you know they're going to have to punch you. So yeah, you're going to take a punch, but you make them respect your dignity. Love doesn't say, treat me like a doormat. Love is, you will recognize my dignity. Um, that's a third way. Or when Jesus says, uh, if somebody wants to sue you for your underwear, hand them your cloak as well. What does that mean? If somebody is so sociopathic that they would sue you just down to your underwear, and in the Talmud, you're not allowed to sue somebody for their outer cloak because that's what they sleep in. Uh, that keeps them warm, so that's forbidden in lawsuit. But if they're willing to take you for absolutely everything, give them your cloak, which means you'd be naked. And in Judaism, if you see me naked, that's not shame on me. That is shame on you. So what Christ is saying is what love does is ex expose just the naked greed of some people. Not as revenge, as a chance that they might wake up and realize, I have gone way too far. Yeah, I'll have to give up everything. But you make the person see that what they're doing is wrong. Or when he says, go the extra mile. You have to understand in the context that if I was a Roman soldier, I could force any citizen. So I could force you to carry my pack one mile. And Jesus says, go two miles. What does that mean? Well, in the Roman law, you could do it for one mile, but if you force somebody to carry it two miles, that breaks Roman laws and they are not gentle about that. And the soldier would be flogged. So what Jesus is saying is, use their laws against them. Let's be clever. Love doesn't condone any sort of abuse. It stands up to it. And like I, I really like this. That's a third way. Um, so I like that because um, the third way is it combines love plus a lot of courage. You're going to take a punch, but it's love and courage. And what it does is subvert injustice. Um, Christ is really calling us to a very aggressive love that refuses revenge, but it also confronts injustice. So it's power rooted in love uh, that breaks the cycle of violence. So it does demand a lot of courage, but we are not going to allow human beings to be degraded. That's what real love does. And it it's supposed to leave room for conversion. Maybe your enemy will change. Um, that's what we want. We want conversion. If it's just, you know, way number one of being passive, then love condones it. If it's way two of revenge, you've just escalated it. And as I said, you escalate hatred, it doesn't stop. If you set one room of your house on fire, it just doesn't stay in that room. It spreads everywhere. And so Jesus says, you know, we're supposed to love as God loves. Be holy as I am holy. Um, that means we love everybody. Even our worst enemies, we will love them. Now, there's some people in the world, I had to tell you, I, I think are dangerous. Um, I, I do pray for them. I pray in heaven we'll be brought back together. But I distance myself. Um, because you know it's just going to be a problem. But if you can't distance yourself, then I think we're obligated to the third way. You know, like, that's the way of, um, like, Mother Teresa and 
Martin Luther King, Gandhi, and I love this. Gandhi called that soul force. When you combine love with courage, we change the world. And so, like Jesus, Jesus said in the gospel, you have heard it said, uh, love your neighbor, but hate your enemy. Uh, just FYI, nowhere in the Bible does it say, uh, love uh, your neighbor, hate your en enemy. So when Jesus says, you have heard that, where have you heard that? Where exactly have you heard? Love, love your own countrymen, uh, but love, your, love all Americans, but hate your enemies. Love your people in your political party and hate everybody else. Love, you know, just the Catholics and hate everybody else. Who says that? Our culture. It's the same thing the Roman Empire preached, the Pharisees preached. We just love our own clique. But what Christ is calling us to is this universal love that we'll love everybody. Will we even have such a powerful love? We will stop the cycle of anger and hatred and revenge. So, yeah. The light that Brian Hoyland felt, after he wakes, he dedicates that I will love everybody. And he said what he loves to do after that is he loves to work with the homeless. And there's this great thing at the end where he says, you know, I have to share this love with everybody. And he says, I love working with the homeless because there is no way they could ever pay me back. Many of the homeless, um, they're just not economic, they're psychologically, there's a lot of mental problems there. He says, I get to take care of these people. Um, that's letting the love of God flow through us, where we care for the least and the broken, and even our enemies. We'll take a punch in the face, but they will respect human dignity. What Christ is calling us to, really, is soul force. Then we're ready for the great feast of heaven. Hello, this is Father Len McMillan. I'd like to take a moment to thank you for listening to our podcast. If they've been a blessing to you, I'd also like to invite you to prayerfully discern supporting the podcast financially. Your generosity would help support the ongoing production and distribution of the podcast. If you'd like to make a donation, you can simply click the link in the podcast description. Be sure to tell us your donation is for the podcast in the comment section of the submission form. Again, thank you for your support as we seek to share the good news of the gospel. May God bless you for your generosity.